uh, verses 1 through 12, is a very important and powerful passage of Scripture, particularly in the prophecy of Hosea, but indeed in all of the Bible. For in it, it reminds us once again that God is our Father and we are His children. And if you think about it, beloved, there could not be a more important truth for us to hold on to in in the world in which we live, that God is our Father and we are His sons and daughters. Children. Children are often and can be an enigma at times. Is that not right? Those who don't have them usually want them. And those who have them are usually trying to find somebody who will take them. (laughs) Children. They bring paradox and even contradiction into our lives oftentimes. When they're younger and they're growing up, most of us are trying to get them out of the house. And then once they are out of the house, we're trying to figure out ways and times when they will be able to come back home. Create in us all kind of contradictions and paradoxes. The Bible reminds us that they are the source of some of our greatest joy and blessing. Psalm 127, verse 3. Oh, children, our heritage of the Lord. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. But not only are they the source of our greatest joys and blessings, the Bible says also that they can be the source of some of our greatest pains. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 25, it says, A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Verse 21, the father of a fool has no joy. There is no pain, beloved. There is no pain like the pain a parent feels when a child goes astray. Or when that child is lost. Or when that child is wounded. I remember well the day that our, <clears throat> our twins were born. And immediately, unexpectedly, they were taken to the ICU with serious complications. And I remember sitting there in that hotel room and saying to God, what am I supposed to do? Because there was nothing I could do. I was helpless and heartsick. Because, beloved, no one can break your heart like a child can. And no one knows this any better than God. No one knows this any better than God does. When Israel rebelled, when Israel disobeyed God, they rebelled and they disobeyed a loving, gracious, and good 
the fatherhood of God is not just some philosophical thought. It is not just some fanciful or theoretical proposition that we sit around and debate and discuss. But the fatherhood of God is the Bible's real expression of God's heart and love for his people. The fatherhood of God is real. And there is no love like a father's love. And God loves like no father ever has or ever can. And this is never more true, beloved, than when his children rebel. The parable is well known to us. Luke 15, we call it the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal meaning reckless and wasteful and extravagant and spending lavishly. In this sense, and you see in Hosea, what we're seeing is Israel as God's prodigal son. And when we come to chapter 11, we see God expressing this reality. God expressing that he is father and Israel is prodigal son. And the heavenly father has been wounded. The heavenly father has been betrayed. The heavenly father has been hurt by the rebellion. Of the Son. And yet, the reason why there is so much hurt is because, beloved, there is so much love. Where there is no great love, there is no great hurt. But the intensity of the pain is due to the intensity of the love. And no one loves more than God loves his children. And therefore, beloved, no one feels or experiences the pain of the rebellion like God does. Because his love is undeniable. It is undeniable. And you see that in our text this morning. God loved Israel as a father loves son and daughter. And this was abundantly clear from the very beginning when he called them. When Israel was a child, says in verse 1, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. You know, when Israel was languishing in Egypt, in bondage and slavery, a people with no name, a people with no face, a people with no heritage, a people who had nothing. 
The Bible says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go. We often think when the Bible says, let my people go. And it does. But beloved, before it says, let my people go, God says, you tell Pharaoh to let my son go. That he may come and serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. You let my son go. For when Israel was a child, God says, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. It's a powerful text, beloved, concerning the love of God. You see, Two ways in which God's love is manifested here. God's love is seen in his call. And God's love is seen in his care. You see it in his call. Because whom he loves, he calls. And notice, he calls them out of Egypt. Israel was in bondage. In slavery, bound as it were, and chains in Egypt. In Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 13, the Bible says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be slaves. Out of Egypt, I broke the bars of your yoke and I made you to walk erect. called his son out of Egypt. You do understand, don't you, that all God's children are called out of Egypt. All God's children are called out of Egypt. There is a ministry called Out of Egypt. It was started by a woman whom God redeemed out of homosexuality. She now calls her journey and she calls her ministry out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. How fitting, how appropriate. You are here this morning and you're struggling to some degree with same-sex attraction. I not only recommend her testimony to you, but I recommend her ministry to you. And if that is you this morning, I want to say something to you. And that is that East Point Church is a church filled with people just like you. Those who are in need of God. Those who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
all of us this morning, beloved, if you are a child of God, could have a ministry and a testimony that is called out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. If you're a child, this, a child of God this morning, that's where God has called you from. Egypt is darkness. Egypt is bondage to sin. Egypt is inescapable. Egypt is being bound up in sin and nature's night. Egypt is Ephesians chapter 2, where, where the Bible says that you are born dead in trespasses and sin. You're born in Egypt. You are by nature children of wrath. We are sons and daughters of disobedience by nature. We come into the world bound in the chains and slavery to sin, beloved. Egypt is us being by nature children of wrath and under the condemnation of God. But... God called forth his sons and daughters out of darkness into the marvelous light. But God called you out of Egypt. Called all of his sons and daughters out of Egypt. You are a child of God this morning, but in the love of God, God has redeemed you from slavery to sin brought you out of Egypt and has given you inheritance in his beloved. And he has now called you son and daughter. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. Do you see the love of God in the calling? But you not only see it in the calling, you see it in his care care that he has for his people for he didn't just call Israel and then leave them to fend for himself. He is not engaged in absentee fatherhood. He is not a deadbeat dad. But whom he calls, he cares for. He cares for. And so the Bible here tells us that he taught them to walk. And when they, could, when they failed, the Bible says that he picked them up and he dusted them off and he cleaned their wounds. He led them with cords of love and bands of love as he held their hands as they learned to walk. He guided them as they took their first footsteps like any loving father would do. When they couldn't feed themselves, the Bible says he fed them from his own hand. This is the love of God, beloved. The love of which a father has loved us, as the psalmist says in Psalms 37 and 25. For I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken 
nor his seed begging bread. Israel can not for any time in their existence have said that they were ever in the hands of God begging bread. He provided for them every step of the way. That's what a father does. That's what love does. And yet, even though God's love is undeniable, God's children grow restless. God's children grow restless, don't they? Like the prodigal, Israel was restless. And what God gave was not enough. What God said was not enough. And so you see in verse 2, the more he called, the more he loved, the more they moved away. The more he loved, the more they moved away. But this is an amazing statement this morning. Rather than being drawn and enraptured with the amazing love of God, the Bible says that Israel moved, moved away. They didn't trust his grace. They didn't trust his mercy. His love was not enough. Reminded me of Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump, if you've seen the movie, his childhood sweetheart was Jenny. And Forrest loved Jenny with everything he had. He said, me and Jenny are like peas and carrots. (laughs) But the more Forrest loved Jenny, the more Jenny moved away. Every expression of love Forrest gave her, she moved further and further and further away. Jenny wanted more. Forrest wasn't enough. She was looking for something better. And unbelievably, people, God's people seem to always be doing this. Looking for something more, something better. It is sad when I talk to people and they give the impression that God's grace is not sufficient, that his love is not enough, and they spend their days looking and searching and wanting something more. You know what happens to those who are restless too long? They become rebellious. That heart that is restless restless is not arrested. It becomes rebellious. And so God's people were not just restless. They were rebellious. Despite God's love, it says in verse 5 and And in verse 7, they refuse to turn to me. My people are bent on turning away from me. This is the inclination of the human heart, beloved. Bent 
on turning away from God, left to themselves without the village, without the vigilance of a communion with God, Israel fell into idolatry. She always did. We always do. Prone to wonder, the songwriter says. Prone to feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Beloved, I know this. I sense it in my own heart. One day, one day without the Lord, and I feel my heart slipping away. One day without communion with him and determined effort to commune with God, and I feel myself losing my footing. Because I'm prone to wonder. My heart is prone to chase after idols. That's why the Bible reminds us and it should be an ever-present ever warning, warning to us that sin is ever-present and crouching at your door. It's knocking all the time on the door of your heart. That's why Paul said the good that I would, I don't do, and the evil that I would not, that I do. Why? Because my heart is prone to wonder. I go restless. Then I grow rebellious. It's not difficult. Because we are by nature rebels. Like newborn babies. We come into the world. Rebelling. There's ever since the rebellion in our hearts. We don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to be told who to love. We don't want to be told who not to love. We don't want to be told how to think. We don't want to be told how to live. We want to rule our own bodies. We want to rule our own lives. And we want to live those lives according to our own sensual impulses. And this is particularly true, beloved, when it comes to our response to God. We don't want to hear what God has to say. Unless he agrees with what we already believe. So it was with Israel. As long as God was going in their direction, then they were cool with God. But when God's plans went in the other direction, Israel rebelled. And like the prodigal son, he ran away. And yet, beloved, Despite Israel's continued rebellion and despite mine and your best efforts at wandering, here is an unmistakable and a glorious truth. As rebellious as you and I are, God's love is all the more relentless. It is relentless. Beloved. 
It is relentless. This here, beloved, may be the single most amazing truth in the whole Bible. It is the relentless love of God. It is relentless. I've seen mothers wear out. I've seen fathers quit. But I have not ever known God to give up. It is relentless, beloved. His love keeps coming. This is what he says in verse 8. He says, but oh, how can I give up, oh, Ephraim? How can I give up? How can I hand you over, oh, Israel? How can I make you like Admiral? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warmer and tender. You know what someone said about this verse right here? It says, there is not a more tender and daring utterance in all of prophecy. How, God says, how can I give you up? God's children are rebellious, but God's love is relentless. It is a holy love, beloved. And men and women trample it underfoot. Men and women dismiss it. We take it for granted. We mislabel it. And we even ignore it. And yet there it remains. People in this world try to accuse God of many things, beloved. But let me tell you one thing you can never accuse God of, and that is being unloving. He exudes love. He exudes love, beloved. Every sin should be met with immediate punishment. But God in love. Every, every complaint should be met with an immediate dismissal. But oh, for his love. For God looks at our complaints. He looks at our rebellion. He looks at our resistance. And he loves you into submission. He loves you into submission. God doesn't beat you into submission, beloved. He loves you into submission. This is so important to understand. He says, I will not execute my burning anger for I am not a man. I am not a man. You better believe he's not. You better be thankful that he's not. We beat people into submission. God loves them into submission. I'm not going to act like you do. 
but I'm going to show you a love that the world has no description for. As most of you know this week, Prince died. And as people were reflecting upon his legacy and his life and his music, I found myself doing the same and recalling all of the licentious and lustful erotic songs that he produced. And I said to myself, we call that love. We call that love. We call those love songs. Are they really? We call those love songs, beloved. But are they really? What Hosea is saying here in chapter 11, beloved, is not what you find in a hookup. This is not what you find walking around a hotel lobby. Beloved, do you understand this is not what you find in some momentary promises in a backseat of a car? Beloved, this is not the fleshly, fleeting, sensual pleasure in this world that we call love. But this is the love of God, not temporary, not fleeting, but a love that says, I will not, I cannot, I shall not let you go. It is a love, beloved. The songwriter says, as great a father than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the brightest star and it reaches to the lowest hell. For the guilty pair, bowed down with care, God gave his son to win. And his erring child, he reconciled and pardoned from all their sin. This is love. This is love. This is love and it doesn't require you to wear a raspberry beret. This is love, beloved. And it doesn't take you to give, it doesn't take for you to give a little bit of your time, nor does it require you to give it a kiss. This is a love that sent Christ to the cross to die for your sins, beloved. It is this love that has been signed, sealed, and delivered and is yours in Christ Jesus. This is the love, beloved, that the world can't comprehend. Is the world, is the love that the world can't cover up. This is a love that loves you to death. And now even death can't do you part. This is why we can sing, beloved. This love never fails. It never runs out. And it never gives up on me. Did you hear what I said? His love never fails. It never runs out. 
and it never gives up on you. I don't care where you are this morning. If you are in this church this morning, hear God saying, I love you. And I'm not giving up. And I'm not running out. You can say it, beloved. You can say it. His love never fails. It never runs out. And it never gives up on you. Israel was his erring child. But in love, he reconciles and pardons from all sin. I hope you hear that this morning. He never fails. He never gives up. And his love never runs out on you. Let's pray.